if we can make men um, first, then we'll start to win. Um, so, you know, that's uh, that's our motto, and uh, that's what we're, we're working towards. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Coach's Journey Show. I'm your host, Matt Mullins. On today's episode, we feature Gerald Harrison. Gerald is currently at Adams State University, and he serves as a defensive backs coach, special teams coordinator, and recruiting coordinator. What we discuss today, we dive into Gerald's experience in playing for the University of Missouri and Coach Gary Pinkle. We also discuss the developing Adams State culture and their mantra of if we can make men first, then we'll start to win, and how that has been a driving force for their recent success. This was a great conversation. It was an awesome opportunity to bounce off ideas with Gerald. So I can't wait for you to learn something from Gerald as we dive into this episode today. So enjoy this edition of The Coach's Journey. Coach Harrison, glad to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. So, Coach, uh, just the biggest thing, if you ever listened to an episode, the biggest question that I ask uh, here on the coach's journey is why did you get into coaching? What is your reason uh, for, for doing this? Uh, absolutely. That's always a really good question. Um, I guess when I got that plan, I was trying to find something that, you know, that I really love to do. Obviously, you, you play sports for a very long time. And that becomes, you know, your everyday routine and something you live to do. And then once it's kind of done, you, you want to find that, that, that thing that gives you that same adrenaline rush and that same love. Um, and, you know, after football was done, I was kind of trying to find that. And one of my really good friends had a basketball team on the AAU circuit and uh, he had a bunch of kids in there and he was like, Hey, you feel like coaching? And I was like, yeah. So, you know, I started out coaching basketball and from the first day I was coaching, I loved it, you know, and uh, the reason I do it is because I want to be a, a, a positive role model um, in kids' lives that, that it, at that time that grew up, um, where I was, where I grew up. So now it's uh, obviously extended to being a positive role model in young men's life from 18 to 23 um, and getting them to graduate college and, and uh, you know, start a life and, and, and become great young men in society. That's awesome. Love that answer. Uh, it's so, so true, man. It's, it, I mean, that's what, that's what your goal should be as a coach. I mean, you're not in it for the money. You're not in it. You're not in it for the glory. We're competitive guys. Yes. But at the same time, we want to make a difference in, in the in the guys that we coach or the or the ladies that we coach, I mean, you the biggest I think the biggest reward that you can get is seeing a kid grow into a great a great individual. And so I think your approach is exactly exactly what needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you know, we don't get into this for the money. You know, you know obviously you want to be able to provide for your family and all of that type of stuff. But you know, obviously, you know, at the high school level. You don't get paid that much, so you're really doing it for the love. But mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there's no amount of money a, a program can pay me that that equals up to a young man uh, fulfilling his potential and mm-hmm. doing it because you know, uh, you know, you were there to to push them to to extend their responsibilities and potential um, beyond what they thought in their their mental scope. So it's exciting. It's I love it, and um, you know, it's very uh, fulfilling profession. Yes, absolutely right. Fulfilling is the perfect word for it. And so uh, while you were talking there, uh, we talked on the phone before, got a little background information on you, and you're discussing your transition from playing into coaching. And um, I, I can imagine that we're going to have a lot of listeners that 
will be former players. I, I, I didn't play college. Uh, I didn't play college football or, or anything in college. I started coaching as soon as I was done in high school. So it started quick right. for me. Uh, I still had that transition, but for you, who is who, you were competing for so long, talk about the transition from uh, from playing and then and then discovering coaching and then making that transition there. Well, the I, I, the transition, you know, for a lot of guys that play college football, you know, it's a you know the transition is is not very is not always smooth mm-hmm. um, for a lot of guys. You know, it, it takes a while to kind of figure out what you want to do. And then, you know, for like myself, I just kind of, you know, lucked into, hey, this is this is kind of what I want to do as far as coaching. Um, but I think you have to understand, you know, once you get out of football or once you get out of competitive sport, um, kind of ask yourself and sit down and, 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 you know, evaluate what's important to you. Um, and, and if, you know, helping people is important to you, then you kind of go from there. And, and I think that's what I did when it came to coaching. Yes, that's that's awesome. So, um, talk about talk about your career so far. You're at Adams State now, uh, and then you can kind of just you can kind of lead us into where you started at, uh, and right. then talk about your playing career and really kind of how that's developed your uh, philosophy in coaching and what it is what it is your style is uh, and how you want to uh, and how you want to coach your players and teach them life and things like that. Right, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, my playing career is very unique because on each level I've had the chance, you know, from high school um, through college to play for uh, Hall of Fame coaches in their um, respective states and, and professions. Um, you know, in high school I played for a Hall of Fame high school coach and at, June, uh, at the City College of San Francisco I played for a, um, a, a Hall of Fame coach in California who won 10 national championships in George Rush. Um, and then in college I played for Gary Pinkle. So, um, and Barry Yoda, who's the you know head coach now. So, you know, you kind of take, you know, the the bits and pieces from these coaches that have had impacts on your life, on your life. So um, I, I take a lot from these guys that I've, I've been coached by um, and that were positive role models to me um, because I think the, the thing that you have to show guys is that you care. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be genuine. And every coach that I've had that I felt like has been an impact in my life has genuinely shown me that they care. And I think once you do that, you're able to tap into a young man's or a young woman's life um, that they may be guarding or not wanting to talk about or, um, you know, but or, you know, it helps you, you know, push them to the next level on and off the field or off the court or whatever your respective sport may be. So I think genuinely caring for a person um, allows you to tap into uh, to being able to push them to the next level. Mm-hmm. So showing genuine care think kind of think back to when you were when you were a player and, and put yourself in in that perspective and when you're going through the recruiting process to play college ball and everything mm-hmm. you know going through going through that and you know I'm always curious about this I always I always try to ask the perspective in, in, a, in a coaching way but now think about it in a player's perspective right. and you talk about the genuine care what did how did how could you tell you know, you know, it ultimately led you to Missouri. So how could you right. tell that this was the place that I wanted to be and you felt that genuine care from those coaches? Right. Well, it, I think in the, in the recruiting process to help you, you know, kind of decipher that too is you need a, you know, a good support system, mm-hmm. um, not just, just the coaches. Because coaches, are, you know, they're, they're really kind of selling you on their university. You know, right. And, and so you need the uh, good support system as a, as a young 17-year-old or a junior college kid who might be 20 years old to kind of help you decipher through 
um, what may be real and fake and, 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 and what may be the best decision for yourself. I mean, thinking back on the recruiting process as a, as a young man, I think, you know, having that support system was very beneficial because you go to these universities like the University of Missouri or North Carolina, all of them have great resources, great mm-hmm. facilities and stuff like that. But who's going to take care of you for the next two to four years um, um, that you're there? Who's going to help you develop into a man? Um, and who's going to hold you accountable? Uh, I think that's the huge thing, too, when you're going to a college is um, you're leaving your comfort zone. Um, so, therefore, no, you know, mom's not there to wake you up to get ready for school or, or tell you to take the trash out or, or wash the dishes and stuff like that. So, who's going to hold you accountable? What, what coaches are going to be there to, to show you that right from wrong? And I think that's a huge thing. Because, uh, you know, obviously getting the education is the most important thing. But I think college in itself is an education on how to become um, an adult and how to become, you know, uh, an active member of society. Because every day you're interacting with people from different backgrounds, um, you know, different walks of life. So, therefore, you're getting an education in, you know, society and and the people you meet. Uh, right then and there so I, I'm a firm believer when you go to college you're getting two educations you know you're getting an education in the classroom and you're getting an education in life absolutely I totally agree you know I was uh, you know when I when I went to college now you had a lot more to balance than I did because I just went yeah. I just went to school but I mean at the same time you're exactly right I mean you're get, I love that I love that perspective right there you're getting two educations and you know I feel like if you're if you're an athlete uh, even at the even at the high school level, you know, uh, I think that as coaches, our job is to uh, we need to be able to teach them those two right. two types of education. You know, you get, you get your education in the classroom, yeah. but then as an athlete, I think you go deeper when you're when you're a coach. You know, you go deeper Absolutely. than just teaching them the game. You go and teach them. All right, well, here's here's how you're supposed to handle this situation, or. Uh, you got players that have issues, Absolutely. relationship issues with girls or Absolutely. anything like that. You know, you teach them all that stuff. Absolutely. So. Yeah, as a coach, you need to be – you have to be a well-rounded teacher. I mean, yeah. at the essence of what we do, we're teachers. But we teach, you know, life skills. We teach, you know, um, study habits. We teach football habits. So we have to be well-rounded teachers and role models. Um, and being able to relate to the young man or young woman is huge. Um, you know, being able to, like you said, you know, if they don't, if they can't relate to you, they're not probably going to talk about, you know, their girlfriend that just dumped them last week mm-hmm. that has them down in the dumps or what's going on at home. Um, so being able to relate and genuinely caring and, and, and being a well-rounded teacher, um, I, I think helps you, you know, be a good coach. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you, you're bringing up the word relate again. Uh, that was, a, that was kind of a buzzword that I kept hearing from you when we first talked on the phone. Absolutely. So for, for coaches, you know, that, that we – because we always want to grow and get better at developing relationships with our players. Absolutely. What are some things that you do to help you relate with your players so that you can start developing that trust and, and, and the relationship is so strong that, I mean, it helps with your success in, in your program? Well, I think that relationship obviously starts when you start recruiting a kid, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and then obviously you get them on campus and builds from there. But I, I think the main thing I try to do is relate to the kids uh, outside of football. You know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, you know, they, they know you're their football coach. Obviously, you come here, you're going to talk football. You know, you don't want to be talking at 24-7. So if I see guys walking around the halls or, or on campus somewhere, I'll ask them how the day's going or, or what, what, what music, new music they're listening to or how are their parents doing. Um, you know, when my guys walk into our meeting room, I kind of crack jokes, you know, 
you know, on them and, and kind of, you know, lighten the mood. Because if you're talking ball 24-7 and, and, you know, you're just straight up and down all the time, um, it kind of makes it hard for guys to, you know, want to let their wall down, you know what I mean, if they don't see yours down. So I think being able to do that helps them uh, or makes it easier for them to, to talk to me about things outside of football. Because, you know, there are things that are important in their lives outside of football. You know, as a coach, you want it to be like, oh, this is all this is all you need to do. 24-7 yeah. school, football. But, you know, there's things that go on outside of their life and they have a girlfriend or something at home. So in order for them to, to want to talk to you about that, how many times have you talked to them about something about outside of football? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's, that's huge to me um, as far as relating to my guys or young women. Um, and and I, I carry that at the highest esteem. Mm-hmm. Man, I think that's something that's that's great to take pride in. I mean, you know, if it's it's been a it's been a running theme on this show is just like if you're if you get caught up in if you just get caught up in you know how how to win and all that stuff, you you start to forget about the relationship piece and just being a you just need to be a normal normal human being around them. You absolutely, know, absolutely. I, I mean, everyone all these coaches, we, we can sit around and draws up the X's and O's and, mm-hmm. and tell the guy to go here and there. But, you know, does a guy believe in what you're doing? Does a guy believe in the type of person you are? Mm-hmm. Um, can I get my 11 or 22 to believe more um, than, than the other size 22? So um, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a huge part of it. Absolutely. Getting them to believe, I mean, huge, huge stuff. And so how much of it, how much of it do you think is – leadership by example and then what types of things uh have you learned to to be able to be that leader by example as a coach well i I think a lot of it is leadership by example i mean Mm -hmm. you know it's small stuff too you know being on time yeah doing doing what you you know you say you you want to do um i think those are are very vital in leading by example you know i can sit here and say hey be on time to this meeting or be five minutes early here or do this and that but if I'm not doing it, if I'm not giving that example, um, then why should they follow it? Mm-hmm. So it's about, you know, as a coach, being accountable to your, you know, your position group or, or, mm-hmm. or your, the kids you oversee. And I think being holding yourself accountable will hold them accountable um, in, in the fact. So I think a leadership by example is paramount uh, mm-hmm. from the whole coaching staff on down. So being able to show your guys uh, what it looks like and what being a, a positive role model, what being, you know, um, someone that'll be there for them looks like. Uh, you know, maybe a lot of kids don't have that in their life, so you are, are that person that they can come to. Or maybe the, it's hard for you them to talk to you, so you got to kind of prod them and, and, and be there. And, you know, so uh, I, I think it's very vital to, to lead by example. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just it, when you're saying that uh, to hold yourself accountable to that to that example, it makes me think of uh, past episode with AJ Stewart and how he talked about how he holds a higher expectation for himself than anybody else does. And I think if you have that mindset and you have that approach, no matter if you're a coach or you're in a different line of work, uh, if you're or if you're a player, if you have that approach that you're going to hold higher expectations for yourself than right. anybody else, then you're going to be pretty dang successful. Absolutely. Well, just to kind of piggyback on that, I think, you know, perspective is everything. Mm. Um, perspective, uh, especially from, you know, others in the field or, or, or players, um, how I do anything is how people will view me. 
So, you know, if my work isn't, you know, is shoddy or I'm late all the time, that, that perspective is what they see you as. So I think, you know, you know, holding yourself accountable and holding yourself to a higher expectation gives that perspective to your young men or, and, and the rest of the coaches that, hey, I, this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And this is why I, I care about it so much. This is why I'm on time. This is why I'm always ready and prepared mm-hmm. because I care about it. Yes, and then ha- I love you're 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 preaching the the show's theme, having yeah. the why behind everything. It's so huge to have that why. I mean, you know, it's so it's crazy to think about how you have you need to have purpose behind those little things, such as showing up on time, and oh, how absolutely. it just it just like it just it just whips you into shape right there. And there's like, okay, here's my purpose. If I'm on time, then it's gonna teach. Then it's gonna just show by example to my players. To, to follow that example and to, to say, hey, I want to be like that. I want to be disciplined this way. It's just – it's amazing how a simple just discovering why this is important and knowing that it gives you purpose to, to carry that out. Right, right. And, uh, you hit it on the head, understanding why it's important to you. I mean, I can remember times at, at the University of Missouri where, you know, time is very important, you know, in, in college football because you guys – you only have so much time with your athletes, but, you know – Coach Pinkle and Coach Odom would make it important to understand or make us understand that being on time is respecting your teammates and respecting your coaches. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the last thing you want to do is, is walk in two minutes late and, and everyone's looking at you or you're walking into a job interview and you're two minutes late. And it, 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 it's basically you're not respecting someone else's time. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, being on time is one of the highest forms of respect for the people you care about, especially uh, if, we're, if we're trying to take each other to a higher level, such as a championship or, or becoming a better person, or, or, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Coach, bringing great stuff here. Talk to us a little bit about your experience at uh, Adams State. You, you've been there for, for, just a little bit, for just a little bit now. What's the culture like? What are the expectations? What is it that y'all are trying to accomplish there at Adams State? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going into my fourth season here at okay. State. Um, you know, it's been an exciting time here. Uh, just trying to, you know, turn the culture around uh, here. Uh, I've been here with Josh Blankenship, who is now the head coach. Uh, he was the offense coordinator previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the expectations, obviously, are the, to, to win and win at a high level. I think, you know, when you first come into a program, you're trying to you know, understand how you need to recruit here and understand the resources and the lay of the land. Um, and I think we're, we're starting to understand that in, the, in, in you know, our fourth year, his fifth year, um, and understanding what we need to do and our expectations to, to win an RMAC championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I firmly believe in what Coach Blankenship preaches. If we, if we can make men um, first, then we'll start to win. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's our motto, and uh, that's what we're, we're working towards. Uh, you know, we've shown glimpses here and there, you know, even last season of, of you know, being that type of, of team. Uh, but I think like anything in life, consistency is key. Uh, so, you know, I think that's one of the things we're, we're working on um, as coaches to get our players to, to play more consistently, you know, wherever the venue may be. So uh, we're excited about the class that we have coming in. Um, for the past two years, we've had one of the top passing offenses in the country. Like I, I, we talked to on the phone, I was the running backs coach my first two years, two years here. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I, I kind of understand our offense and, and how they got it rolling. Um, so now Coach Blankenship is elevating the whole team and, and we're excited where he's leading us. Man, that's, that's awesome. And I love that. I love that your approach is 
make men first and then, and then you'll win. I think that's an awesome approach to have. So starting that process, where did it all begin? You know, where, where did y'all, where, where, what was the first thing y'all started doing to start working towards that mindset? Well, um, so when I got here, the, the staff was already kind of in place. Um, mm-hmm. they, had, they already had a year under their belt. Um, you know, it was, you know, obviously not as successful year as any coach would want. Um, but so the second year I got here, the offense kind of, you know, had its identity a little bit. Um, the defense was looking for itself. Um, but midway through that 2016 season, you kind of see our offense um, mm-hmm. take shape. Um, and the only way you can really get kids to believe and understand, obviously, outside of, you know, showing that you care, is they need a little bit of success. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So once they start, see it work, start to see it working, um, you can start to build that culture. So halfway through that 2016 season, our offense started to get it rolling and, and, and guys started to believe, and that led to, you know, being one of the top passing co- uh, offenses in the country. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we want to take that over to the defensive side and, and get our whole unit playing that way. So, you know, that's that's kind of our approach, uh, you know, especially in the 2016 season is getting them to believe in what we're doing. And mm-hmm. now here in the 2019 season, everyone is believing and understanding why we were doing this, this thing back in 2016. So it can lead us to a, a positive 2019 season. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, and then, and then saying like kids need to see success. They need to have success in order to start believing in what it is you're doing. So say it's, say you're in an off season off-season program or anything like that I mean do I'm just I'm just throwing out thoughts I mean I don't know know what it is that if y'all have a system for this or anything like that how can you start trying to put kids in situations where they start experiencing experiencing success and then carry that into uh carry that into the season well I I I firmly believe that it, it is you know but highly based on, you know, the, the guys you've got coming back from last year too, especially mm. in the summer. You know, when you got new guys coming in, how how fast can your leadership integrate the new guys into the culture that mm. you're building? Because the, the guys from last year have seen it work. Now, it may have not worked as much as we wanted to, but we've seen when we put our all into it what we can get out of it. So getting our leadership to understand, hey, how can, how can we integrate these guys into our culture as fast as we can in the summer? Because mm-hmm. in college, as a coach, you don't you really see the guys in the summer. Like you yeah. can't, we can't go out and do drills with them. So mm-hmm. it's really up to your leadership to to hold guys accountable and, and really, you know, be the the mouthpiece for the coaches out there to to get guys to understand. Hey, this is what the coaches are wanting, and this is what the leadership wants um, in order to get to where we need to be. So mm-hmm. I, I think summer is very vital um, for for your leadership group to to get guys on the same page. Yeah, and I'm so interested in how to get your players to start taking on more of a leadership role. It's it's like just I don't know how to how do y'all how do y'all start empowering your players to take over and it's their it's their team it's their responsibility like that that summertime seems huge you know but right. maybe maybe like in a high school program where in the summertime we help out with with summer workouts we're leading we're leading things like that so what are some ways you think that we can start giving kids more opportunities to lead themselves 
Well, obviously, uh, I think leadership comes from confidence. You know, uh-huh. um, being a good leader, you know, and a lot of coaches say this, and I firmly believe it, that your best players have to be your leaders. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you know, a guy, you could, you could be an okay player or a player that's on the sideline hooping and hollering, but your best players need to be your vocal guys. And that, mm. You know, players respect players. Um, and that, that's how it's been since the beginning of time. But, you know, once you started powering, once those leaders take, take over the team, then you, that's when you have a team. Um, I think, you know, uh, leader ran, you know, workouts, especially high school, college, you kind of got your, you know, your weight, your weight coach in high school, maybe leader ran drills or leader ran workouts and stuff like that. Um, kind of to help empower the, the, the vocal leaders of your team. Um, and then it's, it's really kind of finding um, what guys are what type of leaders. Cause everyone's not a, you know, a hoorah type of leader. Some guys are just, Hey, this is, I'm going to just show up and, put my hard hat on and work and let's go boys follow me mm-hmm. um, some guys are you know the vocal guy in the locker room making sure everybody's on the same page so I think it's understand your leaders understanding themselves um, and then the, the the rest of the team understanding um, what type of leaders they 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 have and and following them mm-hmm. you all you almost got to be you got to be pretty strategic about how you know how are we going to implement an opportunity for kids to to lead you know I I know one time um, and I'm just reflecting a little bit here. A coach that I was that I was coaching for back in Oklahoma, uh, he he one time he uh, he had a, he had the staff. We stayed in the locker room, and the players went out to the were out in the field, and we didn't. We were intentionally doing this, and we were just going to see how are they how are they going to react. And then we come out. They're leading the warm ups. They're leading. Yeah. They're leading the. Uh, they're. they're they're leading the stretches, whatever they're leading the, they're leading, getting uh, throwing going for, for the baseball practice and everything. And so yeah. I think that's a, it can be a risky thing, Absolutely. but at the same time, if you, if you've done the work on the front end, uh, you'll, the message will have gotten across and then you'll have the leaders at step up like, Hey, this is the way we got to do things. Right. Right. And that, to your point, I think it says a coach understanding how mature your team is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can, can your team handle, going out there and getting warm up started right, right. away or, or getting everything going. Um, but I think, you know, if you have a young team, you kind of have to show them mm-hmm. um, how to get to that point. So by the time they're juniors or seniors, uh, they understand, you know, this is what is expected and let's get, let's go out here and get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it comes down to a, a coach understanding his team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. you know, you know, how, 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 you know, are guys willing to sacrifice, you know, yeah. Uh, winning, winning takes sacrifice. It's hard to win. You know, people think you just show up and win on Fridays, Saturdays, or Sundays. No, it's it's the days right now here in the summer. Um, it's it's the long hours, uh, game planning and watching film, and mm-hmm. winning is hard. So, are are guys willing to follow the leaders, and are we willing to sacrifice? Um, mm-hmm. You know, the small thing, the little things, um, to to win at a high level. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's what what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, from from when from your time playing college football, um, sacrifice is such a powerful word. Think back and and then shed, shed some light on some players. Hopefully, some players are listening to this podcast. And what types of things did you have to sacrifice in order for you to be successful as an individual player, but also to help the team be successful? Well, in college, you sacrifice a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of time. You know 
spending, you know, with yourself or family or something like that. Because you're always doing something, either study hall, practice, watching a film, in the weight room, and then training. T- you're constantly doing something. So by the time your day is over, it's 9, 30, 10 o'clock, you're ready to lay down. Mm-hmm. But these are the sacrifices that, you know, you signed up for. I signed up to go to the University of Missouri, Missouri and vice versa for any athlete that goes to any college at any level. Uh, the sacrifices that you that you make are time, you know, with family or time. You know, I missed five uh, Thanksgivings over mm. my college career. Wow. But, you know, that, exactly. But, you know, this is the sacrifices that we're making to um, become something better than we could individually. You know what I mean? So mm. um, that I, that is the most Thing that I, I'm a I'm a family guy. I love being around my family. So that's the thing I remember most. Would I change anything? No, absolutely not. Because you know, if you're willing to sacrifice something um, right now to be successful in the end, those are the type of people um, that you want around. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I'll, I always hear about it, but it's always good to get reminded that you've got to surround yourself. You got to surround yourself with people that that energize you. And, mm-hmm. and so I mean. How have you, how have you surrounded yourself with those, with those, uh, with those right people that energize you, that want to keep, that help you to keep pushing forward and to want to get better every day? Right. I think you know, like I said, my friend was coaching, you know, and mm-hmm. asked me to coach. You know, I think it's, you know, the the people you surround yourself with uh, are kind of going to dictate how your, you know, your everyday decisions go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of prided myself as as I grew up and and hanging around with people that were into the same things that I was into. So I hung around a lot of athletes or, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of guys that wanted to go to law school or stuff like that. So it's about surrounding yourself with people, not as with the same goals that you, as you, um, but with, with goals of being successful and with it, with whatever they choose to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you have accountable people around you and people that are always striving to do better, um, then that's what you're going to do. Um, the, the One of the biggest things that I remember from the University of Missouri is um, is, is competition. And we used to, Coach Pinkley used to preach competition. Um, and it brings out the best in everyone. So if I'm surrounding myself with people that want to be successful, um, that's just going to make me want to be as equally successful as them. So mm-hmm. it's about surrounding yourself with the right people, the right people that will push you, and the right people that will push you mentally, physically, um, in all walks of your life. Yes, yes, that's great. Speaking some truth there, and you know, I th- I was thinking back uh, to to what you said, sacrifice earlier. Uh, it, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to sacrifice uh, maybe some friends that you were probably close with, but they're not like what you said. Absolutely. They're not aligned with Absolutely. what you want to see, what you want to accomplish. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just they're not right. going down a similar path as you. Right. And then, and sometimes those are hard decisions in our life, you know what I mean? And, but those are the decisions that we, we have to make as individuals to take the next step um, in whatever field or whatever walk of life you're in, because all those people are going to do, you know, you, you make the the decisions um, that you make uh, as far as, you know, the group that I'm around, I'm probably going to make similar or the same decisions that they make. You know what I mean? Just because we're around each other so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the people that are making the wrong decisions are just going to bring you down. So it's about making those sacrifices of, hey, yeah, you're not a bad person, but um, this is not where I see seeing my life going. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, Coach, let's go ahead and let's dive in a little bit about what your goals and aspirations are now that you're on your coaching, coaching journey, so to speak. Um, right. What is it that you want to accomplish? And then maybe what, what kind of 
what kind of plans have you set out, set, set in front for yourself to go and accomplish those goals? Well, absolutely. I remember when I started coaching basketball, I mean, I remember my first goal was, all right, I, I want to be a GA. I got to figure out somehow how to do it. Um, so my whole time was just grinding to try to be a GA. And I remember calling coaches and mm. coaches that I played for just trying to, to get on. And then, you know, it finally happens. And then you GA for two years, you graduate. Um, and then, you you know, you get uh, someone that, that believes in you and they give you a full-time job. So I, I think my progression from, from coaching my first AAU basketball game and now um, is something that I planned out. You know, it's uh, – it's funny, I was with my friend a couple of weeks ago and he gave me a notebook that I had from 2013 or 14 and it had, you know, be the best leader I could be. It had goals in it and then the second goal was become a GA, graduate and, mm-hmm. and uh, become a full-time coach. And then the last one that I haven't done yet is become a head coach. So mm-hmm. um, it's about writing your goals down, seeing them and understanding them. But, you know, obviously I want to be a head coach one day, but I think where people get lost at is, uh, the process that you have to go through to yeah. get to that point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, respecting that process. Because a lot of guys just want to, oh, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to be a, a, full, a full-time full coach right now. Well, it doesn't happen that way, you know. You know, I want a million dollars, but it's just not going to happen overnight. So mm-hmm. uh, I think understanding the process, respecting the process, um, and then working hard every day, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen overnight, and being prepared is very important to me. So, you know, I, I think understanding the, the steps of, of becoming or getting to where you want to be uh, is, is very important in any journey, um, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, in business or, or anything you do in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, like the, I like that you say uh, respect the process because it's so, you know, you wrote, you wrote your goals down, but – you, everybody so when people listen to this or players may listen to this right. they hear well you've accomplished all those goals but at the same time you didn't you didn't write them down and then two days later you accomplished right. that goal right yeah absolutely uh, it, it, it's not just gonna happen overnight it may take it may take one year two years mm-hmm. 10 years 15 mm-hmm. um but uh you know uh using patience as a as a tool um to get to where you want is is, is very important because uh, if you're not patient, you'll give up. And if you don't understand why you're doing this, um, mm-hmm. you'll give up too. Because, uh, you know, sacrificing time with family or whatever is very important to you, uh, losing your why uh, mm-hmm. will have you thinking about all the bad things uh, that are going on around you and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that is very important for people to understand that. Yeah, well, you're you're teaching me a lot because, coach. I mean, this is I've said it multiple times that this is the reason why I've I've this is one of the big reasons why I've started this podcast and reaching out to coaches and and trying right. to just trying to to keep you know keep perspective on things. And you know, I I don't think that I don't think that all coaches or people from any walks of life need to do something as extreme as oh, I need to go start a podcast. But right, right, right. it's as simple as starting that. Just understand what the process is and why you're going through that process. So like for, for me, you know, I'm, I'm still very young and early in my career. I can still have goals and aspirations to be a head coach one day. Right. Absolutely. Keep it written, keep it written down on a sheet of paper, but don't think that it's going to happen by a specific set time. Right. Right. And I think that's why, you know, this podcast is, is, is really good too, because it's important to kind of hear other coaches, you know, mm-hmm. stories and backgrounds too, and be like, ah, 
I'm not the only one that had to GA uh, for this, you know, or do this over here. Or, you know, it, it's good to hear other coaches' journeys and other coaches' stories um, because it kind of gives you perspective of, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Or, you know, hey, if he can grind that out, I can do it too and, and possibly be a head coach. Because if you look at it, you know, a lot of these head coaches at, the, at Power Fives or, or FCS Division Two you know, started out as GAs or, or quality control or something like that, or high school coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, Gus Malzahn was a high school coach in Arkansas, and look at him now, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it's really understanding that your path is not similar to any other coaches in the world. You know what yeah. I mean? Your path is your path, and you can't um, look at another coach and was like, well, why is Sean McVay a head coach at 32? I should be one too. Well, our paths are different. I'm not, you yeah. can't sit here and compare that. So mm-hmm. um, he's a great coach in his own right. And and now you have to find your way to be the best coach that you can be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you bring up that word comparison, you know, my dad, he's a head football coach and, oh. you know, I've, I've, he's been such a great example to, to me in my life and he's taught me so many great values. And then, but when I got into the profession, you know, I start, I started comparing, you know, Absolutely. I started comparing, like I, I've got this expectation that I've got to live up to. And if you're not, if you're not careful in coaching, you're going to get exposed by that. Cause you're not, if you're not focusing on the kids, if you're not focusing on, on making them better and helping them grow as individuals, it's going to expose you. Cause you, it'll come out like you're, you're focusing yeah. on yourself and your agenda and where you're mm-hmm. trying to get to as a coach instead of the here and now and what you're doing. Well, absolutely. I think that's what I love sports so much is because it, 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 it helps you grow into understanding that, I need to focus on what I need to do. I can't compare myself to the next player or the next team. Or we need to focus on the right now. Um, and um, my high school coach, I remember he came into the room and we were getting ready for a state game and he wrote win on the board. Um, and win means what's important now. Mm. Uh, so I, I think that, and that goes into, you know, comparison. Um, you know, if, if I am focused on the now, and I'm focused on, on on what I need to do. I'm not worried about anyone else, and and the chips will fall where they may. But if mm-hmm. I'm prepared, I'm focused, and I'm ready to go, um, um, then I I am mentally ready for any outcome that is possible. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's amazing how much you can accomplish. Like even if you just look at one day, if you're a president, every single and uh, every little thing that you do, it's amazing right. how much more productive you are in your day. So I'm always, I'm always curious. I want to learn how people, uh, what their process is to get focused and to stay present in the moment, especially, especially for coaching because things can change on a dime like that. So what is it that you do to help keep yourself focused and centered and present in the moment? Right. Well, see, I I think a great thing about it is that I've always used sports as a way to get away from you know, reality. Mm-hmm. So when I would go to practice, my practice, I'm focused on this two hours. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on what's in front of me. So now as a coach, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to still be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I take pride in that. Um, so even, you know, before the game, I, I may, you know, be watching another game and, and just relaxing. Um, I never get too high where I'm jumping up and down or too low where I'm just sitting in the court or quiet. Mm-hmm. I just like to be myself and, yeah. you know, obviously sit back and, and maybe go over some film, uh, you know, before the game, just watching, uh, maybe, you know, go over my notes from for special teams of, you know, how I'm going to rotate guys. My mind is constantly just going through situations, though, even the night before you're just sitting up looking at the still ceiling, mm-hmm. making sure, you you know, you, you're hoping your guys are prepared for every situation. 
Um, so, you know, you go through that process through, before the game, and then, you know, right before you put your headphones on, you, you, you're hoping that you guys are ready to go. So mm-hmm. um, I think your process is and, – and where you have to find your mental, I guess, so-called chi is uh, mm-hmm. understanding who you are and how you prepare. You know, these guys doesn't prepare the same. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's just understanding who you are as a coach and a person. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. I mean, you don't want to treat – you, you don't want to treat your game days any different from how you would treat your weeks absolutely. of practice. Absolutely. absolutely. I think you want to approach it the same way. I mean, obviously, there's a little more focus on Saturday than it is yeah. on two yeah. days of the week. Um, but I don't, want to be a, I don't want to be a different person than I was on Tuesday than I am on Saturday. I'm the same focus coach. You know, we're going to have fun out here, you know, and, and we're going to play a game that we love. You know, you know, you get to wake up on a beautiful Saturday and play football. What's better mm-hmm. than that, right? So let's mm-hmm. have fun with it. Um, but let's make sure we're focused and, and holding each other accountable out here. Because uh, a lot of kids make, you know, may mistake having fun with being silly. Like, that's not, mm-hmm. the, that's not the same thing. Like, we're having fun is doing, the, doing my job, making plays and, and running around making plays. So uh, I, I think being you, being the person that you are throughout the week on Saturday, obviously being a little more focused is very important. Yeah, and it's it's having a focused fun, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Being, being productive at the same time while you're having fun, you just enjoy what it is that you're doing because you're I mean, you're just you're locked in. Like is this what you prepared for and you're enjoying you're enjoying the result from the process that you put yourself through that week of practice. I think that's a awesome awesome perspective to have. Absolutely, absolutely. Mhm. So, coach, what I, I haven't asked this in a while. I want to go ahead and ask you, from a from a player's perspective or from a coaching perspective, involving involving football, coaching basketball, whatever. What's been your favorite story or or, or best memory? Um, you know, at from your journey as you've gone on. Oh wow, that's a good question. Um, I, honestly, it was it's funny that you asked this because I've always thought like if someone asked me. What what would I bring up? And um, it's funny because there's a back in Vegas, Las Vegas. That's where I started my coaching career. I was coaching at Las Vegas High School. Um, there's this uh, rivalry. That's a it's a long-standing rivalry between Las Vegas High School and Rancho High School. Um, and they play for a dog bone. Um, and they've been playing it. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, it was the game that all my older brothers and cousins would go to game would be sold out you know all the kids in the neighborhood are going to the game so as you, when you get older you hear about the game and obviously you know I was involved in it so in 2015 we go down there they got a pretty good team and I mean the stadium is packed uh they turned the lights out the, you know I couldn't believe this was a high school game you know what I mean I know I know you guys experienced that down in Texas but I played against the number one team in Oklahoma I played at Nebraska uh you know some great venues uh but this 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 rivalry that's been going on for for years and years um, was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in. Wow. So that's that's probably one of the top memories I will have. Um, obviously, that hopefully that we can outdo that as I as I keep going. But uh, um, that was a pretty cool atmosphere for for a high school rivalry game. Yeah, that's great. And you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of your uh, greatest memories, a lot of them come from your your time in high school whenever you were playing. Absolutely. There's nothing like Friday nights, man. I, I, I tell a lot of kids that, you know, you, you, you look forward to playing on Saturday or Sundays, um, but I bet you um, 99.9% of those guys that are playing on Sunday remember those Friday nights and, and love them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because and then it's it's just a way to remember where you came from and, and center you and keep you focused on on the task at hand. And so, Coach, real quick before before we uh, before we end here, this has been great. You've been given some great information here and some uh, great thoughts to to take with us. Uh-huh. Uh, for young coaches, uh, coaches that have been doing it for a while, uh, who's trying to grow and, and trying to get better, what's one piece of advice? And you've given a lot of great advice today, but what's one piece of advice or one message that you want to leave for coaches? Um, opportunity is more value than, valuable than money. Um, mm-hmm. Never say no to an opportunity. I mean, if you're hungry enough, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, what, what it pays. Uh, the opportunity to, to, to grow um, the opportunity to to have responsibility within coaching um, is payment enough because that'll come on the back end if you're prepared to do your job right. Uh, but never say no to an opportunity um, because of the pay, uh, especially if you're a young coach, man. If you want to get it going, um, you, you might have to take some pay that may be, you know, not up to standard. But if this is what you want to do, um, the opportunity, uh, they're valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, I – and I, I want to leave you with the last word, but it just left me a thought. And I, I, yeah. I just I want to say it with just piggybacking off of opportunity right there. Uh, speaking from my experience, young coaches, if you're getting ready to jump into the profession and you've got an opportunity to volunteer or GA, take it. Yes. Take it. Because it's honestly, that's a very fulfilling, uh, very fulfilling experience. And I know you've been a, you've been a GA before. Yeah. And, Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, especially, you know, you, you work so hard as a GA, you bust your butt, you know, hours and hours to, to get to a full-time job. And then to finally have it, you, you look back and like, well, that's what that was for. You know what yeah. I mean? You gain those experiences and you go through that process um, to get that fulfillment of, of getting that first full-time job. So if you get a volunteer job or a GA job, take it because you just never know what it can lead to. Yes, yes, and you can create some great memories by doing that. Coach Harrison, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate all the advice you've been giving us here and and being willing to share your story. And I can't wait for us to continue to stay in touch and to see how we grow in our careers and see see what we accomplish. And so thank you again, Coach. All right. I appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm loving what you do. Keep it going, man. This is a great, you know, platform for coaches, and I appreciate it. Go Grizz. Yes, sir. There you go. Go Grizz. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No problem. Have a great night. You too. Another thank you to Gerald for joining me on the show today. I really enjoyed this conversation with him and loved the ideas that he gave for us to go and apply into coaching our athletes every single day. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode too. And if you did, please share it out. Share it to somebody who you feel would benefit from this show. Share it to your athletes if you feel that they would benefit as well. Your support is what keeps this show going. So please give a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and continue to do what you do every single day as coaches and impact the lives. Understand why it is you do what you do. Thank you for all that you do. Have a great day.